the Demon Dust Podcast, dedicated to the His Dark Materials, BBC, HBO television series, based on the works of Philip Pullman, is hosted by Travis Bryant and Rich Fan II, powered by the South Congress Podcast Network. A show where we review and chat about the His Dark Materials television show on BBC and HBO. Uh, I am Travis Bryant, and today we are set to review episode 8 of season 1. And not in true uh, uh, tradition, but I usually don't know the episode for, for for the next episode... Uh, but since I guess there's no new episode next week, and this is the season finale, I don't remember the episode that I just watched uh, because I don't, I, I didn't watch it on HBO. None of us did because it's uh, Sunday here in the U.S. and we got our copy early, and um, we uh, betrayal. Betrayal, <laughs> of course, that makes sense. Uh, and those voices that you hear uh, are my co-hosts extraordinaire, Rich Fan, who you're all familiar with week to week, and back to bless us with her analysis and Yurik Mirensen uh, fangirling uh, expertise, uh, Cassie Explosion. Cassie, uh, welcome back to the show. And Rich, y'all hi are, too. Y'all Hello. are blessed. <laughs> No, we are. You're the bear expert. The expert. <laughs> <laughs> I should have had like some kind of sound, like when I introduce you, Cassie, explosion, explosion, <laughs> <laughs> and then have, like reggaeton and like yeah. five air horns. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. Welcome, uh, welcome back to the show, Cassie. Thank you for joining us. Um. So the episode I just I just did a fast Google. It's called Betrayal. Betrayal. Yes. Yes. We got that. Um, so before we get into this episode specifically, Cassie, what has been your overall thoughts of the season itself? We haven't talked to you since before episode one. Oh, I know. Um, so it's been it's been solid. It has definitely like met expectations in a lot of areas and exceeded them in others. I think my only drawback to the series, and I think you stated it either on Twitter or or in the podcast is that I just I do really feel like the demons are kind of understated but I feel like that's like that's to be expected like just drawing back to like Game of Thrones or something like that where like mm-hmm. like the dire the dire wolves were kind of missing I think that's just like a budgeting factor that you have to take in um but I do feel like they're kind of like understated and like missing from some shots and mm-hmm. you just I don't think you really like get into the full bond with them my highlight dude it's it's obviously it's Yorick he's so good he's so cute man he's just so cute <laughs> I can't deal with it. He just like, and he's so grisly on first like meetings, and then he just turns into a soft little teddy bear towards Lyra. It's just so good. And apparently, I found out that during season one of, because uh, I didn't watch in real time, I didn't watch Game of Thrones till season four finale, and then I went and watched all four seasons 
twice. Um, <laughs> summer of 2014, I was just so obsessed. I went from who cares about Game of Thrones to Game of Thrones. Oh my god! <laughs> um, so, but apparently there was no battles like all the battles from that point in the story they just didn't do and it's like oh yeah because it was season one and they didn't know where this thing was going and they weren't going to put that kind of money into and then here we are seven seasons later eight or nine years later and it's the most you know one of the biggest budget things and they do all kind you know the dragons and and the white battle of the bastards and everything yeah uh, i don't think anybody complained a ton about oh the budget was limited and they couldn't do that i mean maybe but i think as an overall thing so i think i hope because if you know these stories you know where it goes and i was thinking how if if they can't do i forget who i use my example i was like if they can't have pan and lyra once they get saved from the uh, intercision machine and saved from severing, don't aren't right all over each other, snuggling and kissing. And, oh, Pan, I couldn't believe you know what, what almost happened. It's like that's a budgetary issue. What are they going to do when it's time to portray the Galavespians? What are they going to do when it's time for when Baruch and Balthama show up and they have this yeah. and they do all this? Uh, oh no, it was the Mulefa. I said, how can they make? One Mulefa if I can't get a snuggle from <laughs> from you know Pan and Lyra. So I'm hoping this is it's one of those. Well, we're we're saving up because because we know what you know, Travis, and there's a lot to come. So um, some people thought maybe they spent a bunch all their money on Trollison, and that's why Balvanger or yeah, that's why the station at Balvanger wasn't as uh, as grand, or you know, the battles were very contained and inside. And you know, Seraphina was one one which did the work of twenty or twenty five, which is in the <laughs> book. And it's like, yeah, no, they probably spent all their budget on Trollison because that looked really good. The witches' union had a real had a lot to say about it. They said one witch. We're just gonna pay us for one witch. If they make it make sense, then fine. Because all the witches can't be like that. They all can't be Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> yes, so if they, I mean, they they could, well, if they sell it as hierarchy, like yeah. Neo by the end of the second movie was a lot different than when he first showed up and it was Mister. You know what I mean? Like if they sell it that way, I'm fine. Because well, I think I mean, what my opinion of it is yeah. they're going to spend the money if they get like they already put Bad Wolf BBC put the big money in for these first two seasons. I see a lot of American reviews have already started with this being the series finale and then they're like oh we just got like tapping their EPs. We just were made aware they have a second season already recorded. I'm like are you guys new here? And I'm not talking about like yeah. third part. I'm talking like big places like where you would something yeah. stupid like that. And I'm like this is yeah. dumb. And so my hope is that by the third season you have money pushed in from HBO because it's Absolutely. not like they have a lot of things coming down the pipe. They thank God got rid of their civil war with the uh, civil war drama with. Uh, hey, what if the South won? Yeah. Let's see how. Let's, <laughs> hmm. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, we I just wanted to, to do a scholarly view of how you know neo Confederate states would treat you know romance. Okay, yeah. bro. Okay. Okay. So, but this is what I'm thinking with the witches. If they're mm-hmm. all like Seraphina Peckolet, they can all basically do that. If 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 one Seraphina was there in this battle, she would have just been able to take everybody out. All those airships, all those pilots, all those gunners. She would have just been able to 
and in five minutes the thing would have been over so multiply that by 25 or 100 and you got they could end any mortal or even bear uh, skirmish in in a heartbeat and I understand their whole thing is we don't concern ourselves with <laughs> with the with the with whatever whatever uh, with mortal things and I understand that but when they do concern themselves with mortal things they should they can't just be they go as a unit yeah but my <laughs> point is if they're all like Serafina it's so oh it's OP as AF man like they just would end any skirmish again unless yeah. you just have an equal amount of witches on the on the other side which they, they do and I don't want to give too much away but there are witch they, they alluded to not all the witches uh, are on Seraphina's side on the side of good and things like that um, so I guess that would be the the equalizer like well they have their own uh, you know WMDs too kind of thing so yeah I, I, but still, just a, a tremendous uh, a season finale. Uh, I thought, and and I back to your your thoughts, uh, Cass, of the of the of the uh, season itself. Any big besides the demons? Um, was there any other maybe small nitpicky things that you didn't like? And also, what did you besides York? What did you really? Uh, what did you really like about the uh, adaptation? Um, I really like how they just kind of like jump the gun and they're just like already kind of incorporating a subtle knife in. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked that. I actually like I, I was lost for a second when they brought Will in and I was like, oh, wait, oh, we're already doing this. Oh, this is great. Like, this just saves so much time. Like, it just makes sense to do it at the exact same time. So I, I did really, really like that. Um, honestly, I, I didn't know how to feel about her going in. But, dude, Ruth Wilson is bomb. Damn. She is so I think the good. first time she showed up on screen. <laughs> When they did her like Darth Vader entrance, <laughs> when yes. they're like, "Oh, don't talk. We can't even tell her." When Boreal and Father McPhail are talking in Episode One or Two, and then the doors open and the music changes. It's basically Vader's, you know, march song, and she comes through, and everybody kind of like, you know, ooh, and she, she's clearly very important. It was like, oh, she hasn't even spoken a word, and I'm convinced. And then yeah. she started speaking and was like, I'm triple, double, triple convinced every time she, she had a scene. The one episode she wasn't in was the worst episode of the, se- of the season, to, uh, in my opinion. And it's like, not because she wasn't in it, but it's like, well, <laughs> she wasn't in it. And, and, and look at that. I'm trying to even think of which one. Was that Armor? Where, they're, where they meet York? Where they're... In is that no? That was good. That was uh, was armor. I'm trying to. It w- It must have been Trollison because no, because she was at the end of that. That's when the spy flies got to her. I don't remember oh, that's right. which. I don't remember which exact episode it was, but it was it was a smack dab in the middle. It was either episode five or six, mm-hmm. and, um, and she wasn't in the episode the entire time. And uh, and again, it wasn't because she wasn't there. The episode just wasn't as strong, and it just happens that the best performer they have wasn't on wasn't in that episode. I just like everything down to her decision to instead of just like giving commands to her golden monkey, she just does these like guttural screams. It's fantastic. Like I was like, Ugh, 
this is so good. Like I like I just fully buy into your like you are like twice the Cersei. Like you're you're so much better than her right now. She, she does. Uh, they, I, I think Mrs. Coulter and, and the Golden Monkey were the one example we got consistently that people can communicate non-verbally with their yeah. with their demons because you can think about something hard enough like it's not this instant transfer of knowledge that's not how it works in the books like if your demons are in the I'm in my living room if my demons in my bedroom witnessing something she has to come to me and say hey let me. now if she concentrates hard enough I might feel a pull to go like oh something's wrong but there's not like this I see through the eyes of my demon uh, th- th- some people had that had an issue when when Serafina kind of alluded to that with her and Kaiser you know like whatever he sees I see and it's like well I mean not not instantaneously like you're making it seem like he's your yeah. he's your drone and you're just watching the video feed you know somewhere else um, and it's not like that but with Mrs. Coulter they consistently when when she kind of like flinched and he jumped at Lyra like you, they showed that that there's a there's a nonverbal way of communicating between human uh, and demon and so if anything she bought a lot but that was the one specific thing demon wise uh, because I'm like you Cass I was not impressed and each episode kind of made it stronger and stronger uh, with the demons and that intercision scene just I was it wasn't livid. quite all the I way was, there I was livid no it was not even close like she gets out and walks away Pan is like left to jump out of his own machine and she just stares at Mrs. Coulter through the plexiglass I'm like get over the fact like they they just did not do a great job showing that the human the importance of the human demon relationship they're glorified pets in a lot of ways I agree Um, I think it even like I think it even hurt the dynamic I know I talked about it in the last episode that I was in with you guys, um, that I was really excited to see like the Billy Costa, like lost boy reveal when he's already been severed. And I do feel like it kind of damaged that. Like, like he wasn't I, calling I out for Ratter. He wasn't holding yeah. on to his fish. They, they, every chance they had, they under underplayed or even undercut, uh, the importance, like like the intercision scene, I think they complete undercut. They undercut the uh, importance of that human demon relationship. Um, so yeah, so awesome. I, I'm I'm glad though you have uh, like us and like I think most people, uh, most people common sense and understanding that <laughs> an adaptation can't be. If this was a thirty, a twenty two to twenty five episode network. Um, you know, if this was if CBS decided to do his dark materials, and they said, "Okay, we're going to put you on," you know, Monday nights at, at nine o'clock on CBS for an hour for twenty-two or twenty-five weeks in our fall and spring season, then they have twenty-five episodes to flesh out the, the uh, book one. They have eight, so you got to take the best of some things and leave some stuff out even if it's really good you said that and i just can't stop imagining like like his dark materials but with like brooklyn 99 music in it like just super <laughs> sick <on you. laughs> could you imagine wow pan like the the pans like the 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 
smart alec cop partner <laughs> yeah <laughs> on a quarter, just yeah. coming through it's like if you guys get me in one more case i'm gonna have a heart attack <laughs> The, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> what's the, the the chief guy in in Brooklyn Nine Nine? What is it? He's mm-hmm. like super straight faced all the mm-hmm. time. I don't know the actor's name. Andre but I, Bra- that, Broughton. That would just Broughton. be John. Broughton. That'd be John Fa. Yeah. <laughs> totally. You only call me Captain when it's time to you know that you need something. And, and, and Peralta's <laughs> yeah. like, "Come on, Captain, I need to." Yeah, whatever. Okay, uh, this episode, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. The season finale. Rich, uh, I would give it a thumbs up. I thought, uh, especially because of what you both were talking about in terms of uh, the demon relationship and how we've seen one really close relationship in terms of roger his demon and that final scene was just well <laughs> an ultimate scene was just they 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 hit the right notes because they spent the money in the right place that the cameras was uh, listen i know we've had issues this season and i know this thumbs up thumbs down is going a little long but yeah. i saw cats this weekend <laughs> yeah this sun uh, this morning in fact and they spent a hundred million dollars to have to do a dlc update because they forgot people's hands. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, if you look on my Twitter feed, I took pictures in the theater and Dame Junie <laughs> Jan- Tench, they did her dirty because she's supposed to be like the queen of the, 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 the I, don't, I don't know cats, mm-hmm. the queen of the, 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 the cat. Jellicle cat. Jellicle, yeah, she's the one who chooses the Jellicle cat and she's walking around with her legit wedding ring on. I can't. Oh, that's and so the good. the faces shift. Like if there's one scene where a dude's looking in a mirror and you can tell the computer rendering couldn't keep track of what the cat and the human cat look like. And so it was just wow. this mess of like shifting. Like it was something out of a horror movie. Like if you are a person who does not like that sort of like like movement stuff not lining up and your brain's kind of like, why is this like that? You're going to freak out. And so when I look at this and I look at that scene where Roger's just looking through as that sever gets closer and closer and closer, and then they cut to the face of Lyra as she witnesses it like that was they did it a little like, you guys they, did it right. They did it. They did it different from the book. Uh, mm-hmm. But but. Uh, you know that would have, but very much fine. It was it was mm-hmm. really done very well. Um, I loved the manual sever <laughs> of it because we oh, got to yeah. see you know we got to see big industrial machines doing it and and at the station in Bolvanger. But this is this handmade, this homemade, hand cranked uh, sever gimmick that Asriel's built. Um, okay, we'll 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 get to that. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Cast. I'm like I'm like middle high. I still feel like like the dynamic was kind of off in the beginning of the episode. Uh, I felt like it dragged a little. I thought that like coming out of like like Bullvanger and getting up north and seeing Azrael in the last episode, it was so like go go go. And then it did just kind of like like with like the last episode ending with him just like looking straight at Roger saying he was so happy to see him. And then mm. I just felt like it lagged a little bit. Like I was like ready to just get into it. And then, but I, I agree with you. Like the ending was on a point. The ending was solid. I was I was pretty happy with that ending. Yeah, it was the it was the most predictable, but sad is also satisfying. It's like we talk about in wrestling. Uh, like mm-hmm. predictable isn't always bad. 
Like, yeah. thing. like you go into a Marvel movie, you know, maybe not a, a Infinity War, but you go into a Marvel movie going like, oh, the good guys are going to win at the end, and I'll be it'll be emotional and ups and downs and lefts and rights during it, but you know, like the guys, you know, the, the, the good prevails. And if people listen to our preview, I think we even had that discussion, Travis, before we brought because uh, for the first one, we were talking about like, what do you think it ends on? I think we mentioned stepping through, yeah, I think, I or like, you in particular. Sure, but once you once because I was convinced they're not. I was like, oh, they're not going to show Will until probably the finale, uh, maybe episode seven. Uh, uh, they, they, they'll show him but you know they brought him in you know episode yeah. three or something so it it just became very clear like oh okay they're they're um they're going to do this parallel thing and okay so that makes sense that if she by the end of book two uh, by the, at the end of book one crosses over on the bridge he's and at the beginning of book one uh, two uh, subtle knife will crosses over it, they'll just probably combine those and that's what we got I mean shot for shot I wish they would have did they would have done the will one a little differently because when when Boreal always went through it seemed like it was deep in it was like in this uh, mm-hmm. it seemed like it was a it, it, it took something to get to it and didn't he have to step up on like a table or a stool or it walk was like up some a, steps uh, yeah it was like some cement steps in like a greenhouse or right, something he like kicked, that he kicked the rocks off unless this is just a completely different spot but it looked like that little enclosure that little park area it looked very similar to the one Boreal always went to but we never saw yeah. inside or you never saw like his walk to it so I wish I would have wished uh, I would have liked it to have been a little bit more like the book where the not only did the cat lead him to the window he only noticed the window because the cat jumped through and didn't you know and disappeared and he went like whoa what the he didn't just yeah. arbitrarily go hey there's a cat let me follow it which felt kind of like what this was but uh, it, it was okay <laughs> not too uh too nitpicky but i i could i was a bit confused like is this the same place boreal went to or not and i'm also confused no it can't be it can't be it has to be different because uh light spoilers so you know, if you want to stay completely, completely spoiler-free, you know, five, four, three, two, one. Will's Will's window goes into Chittagatse. Boreal's yeah. goes into Lyra's world. So, doy, they have to be different. I, I I was trying to navigate a way to get to that. Yeah, there was no way, there was no way to. I don't think so. We're yeah. Yeah. Um. I also have questions that I don't understand why it's taken me seven entire years and 15 read-throughs to, and it took a TV show to make me realize where did how did Azrael survive where he went and I'm not going to get into it further than that but I'm confused you said wait I didn't have a question until now (laughs) I mean Lyra goes we know where Lyra goes and why there are only children or you know that that fill this space of this where they are and it's like hmm like when Mary Malone goes there's a specific don't worry we'll be protected when you know when we'll it's okay yeah I don't it's we're getting into slippery territory here so 
I think too though you probably have never questioned it because like even with like the what like the ten year old movie you you've never really had like a solid visual representation until now like well, it's no, just kind of like I just mean yeah. I just mean Lyra crosses and ends up in a place and we know that five minutes to fifteen minutes before she went uh, Azriel went. And Azriel ends up in all kinds of different places throughout the story. Throughout the story, and he never suffers the effects of, you know, the thing. I'm not. I'm dancing around. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let's uh, let's get into this to the episode proper. Uh, we open with our previously ons, uh, and then we, we we come live, and the Magisterium is squad deep. They've got airships galore. Uh, I mean, I mean they just a fleet of airships. And Mrs. Coulter is in one of the main ones, and she's uh, she's strapped up. She's locked and loaded. <laughs> oh, oh, and they're also one of the priests or whatever is giving like prayers to the soldiers that are on board, and they're all all got their weaponry. And I mentioned this last week. This uh, this world, Lyra's world, is like industrial punk, steampunk kind of thing. Like their technology is uh, like maybe where ours was 65, 70 years ago. Not their weaponry, though. Like you can tell where their resources and money. They got the choppers. Not their weaponry. And then like also like some of the Egyptian boats. Like I was like, I think these are like modern boats. Well, (laughs) yes. Some people had issues that they not only that they were modern, but they were too shabby. Like the Egyptian, like Marcasa's boat was, you know, because she was the most respected, wealthiest Egyptian, I guess, and she had some things. And her the paint on her boat wouldn't be peeling, and you know she didn't live this opulent life, but she certainly didn't live like the ma in the book or the ma in the show. Yeah, Eh, I wouldn't call it squalor, but it's just it's just you know. Uh, poor people <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know poor boat folks and so they just <laughs> went a different a different uh, they wanted to make all the Egyptians because in, in the book the Egyptians there's a hierarchy not just oh I'm King John Fa king of the western Egyptians there was and I look it like even in the movie hit the Egypt the, the uh, fire quorum he looked like he had like some decent looking outfits and stuff um so there was a, a social hierarchy, and they, they, they obviously from that first episode were like, no, 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 no. These Egyptians are, you know, everybody's equal. Everything's equitable. Everything's justice. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they're giving you know bullcrap prayers to you know, God, God help them murder people and with your blessing, you know that kind of just great. Um. Stalmeria, uh, Stalmeria advises Azrael back at his uh, back at his his mountainside laboratory. His equipment was like not his equipment, but his his figures and all his like uh, physics and math that he's doing on his clear board. Man, he was up there doing some work. Mm-hmm. You, are you even really doing science if you don't have a? A board full of equations in the background of a shot. A see-through, like, like that's. Yeah, I, I look. I think of that as a like a modern thing. Like you have this like see-through or this glass or plexiglass, uh, yeah. chalkboard with white with white marker pen. That's like a thing Star Labs has. Like Barry Allen's always like, and and, and you know, yeah. Harry is always writing on the thing, and then he's got this. It's like 
Oh, they're uh, yeah, they're for, he's he's about it. He's 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 serious about his figures and his physics <laughs> and his quantum theory. My poor husband has been sitting in on some of these episodes with me, just like like peppered in though. Like he'll sit for like fifteen minutes, watch it, and then like get up. He's not really familiar with like the source material either. But he was like, "I'm just so confused," and I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "Because like you see these like airships," and he's like, "And then I swear I just saw some dude on his cell phone," and he was like, "I just don't know where <laughs> oh, y'all." Okay, he's yeah. like, "Yeah," he was like, "Where are y'all at? Like what is going on?" <laughs> uh, some area tells him it's uh you know it's time, and. He's like, I know. He doesn't, uh, he's he's reticent, at least. Like, so he's not, you know, last week he looked at Roger like, you know, a cartoon turkey. You know, like a wolf looking at a, you know, thing and the person turns into just this succulent looking turkey or hamburger or something. He looked at him like a whole snack. And at least he's not, like, joyous to, like, he's not clicking his heels he knows what he has to do and someone also pointed out on one of the podcasts i listened to his line of his line about basically when 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 lyra was there like before he noticed roger was there he had a line that basically said I, i'm gonna do like i don't want to but i will use you lyra like I wish I could remember the actual line and it would make a lot more sense. But when I thought about it, I was like, "Oh yeah, he." It's like it's like a lie of omission. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, like you didn't. didn't. Like you said, oh, I, I would have. Yeah, yeah. It just came across as if he would have, uh, like, whew, glad, glad this this kid I don't know or care about is here that I could sacrifice. Because uh, yeah. I would have had to. Because work has to get done, and clearly his work comes before everything even his child like he said in this episode i didn't ask you know i never tried you know i never called myself a father he did seem like like conflict like you could tell that there was like some agony when it was like lyra that he saw like he was like oh i'm i am so upset like i didn't send for you but you are here and so like (laughs) Oh no I no no! He said, "Leave well. immediately before I have to." And Stalmeri yeah. is like, "Ezreal," and then she like nods over that, and like, "No no, there's our, uh, there's our, there's our mark right there." <laughs> um. So yeah, then we have our credits. Uh, any 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 comments on these opening two scenes? The Magisterium showing up, and um, and Stalmeria advising Ezreal, uh, uh, Rich. No, I don't think I think we covered it, but we're gonna have to. So we get our credits, and Lyra and Ezreal have a, a really awesome conversation. Uh, she wants answers, obviously. Um, at one point, Ezreal kind of because she makes a joke like you, 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 because he goes, "Wait, do you know who your mother is?" And she goes, "Yeah, your taste in women is just as bad as bears." Talking about, talking about your so he he chuckles and goes you know good one you right like you right and then immediately shuts down like oh no 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 I'm feeling myself being sentimental and having this moment with my with my daughter who now knows she's my daughter Cl- zip it up close it off steal yourself so you can do what you know has to be done yeah. Like and, when you, and see, this also, like, 
I, I want y'all to like warning this goes to the secret uh, in secret commonwealth mm-hmm. Lyra is her father's daughter and the more I watch this happen live the more I realize a lot of the things we argued about is stuff that she inherited and was fighting in addition to the events that we'll get to in future seasons does that make sense Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when she was reading those books, those books were definitely hitting her uh, Azriel side of the brain. Because, like I said, she's her father's daughter, which sucks. But which also yeah. makes me think, why would man like understand? Like, having seen all this, like hurt people, hurt people. That's a conversation we never got. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just, <laughs> I think, I think if. Uh, and talk about secret commonwealth stuff, and I don't know if you've—I don't think—have you read any of the Book of Dust, Cass? Not yet. No. Okay. So we'll be. So um, I think if Azrael would have read the Hypercharasmians and that other one, he would have been like, "This is drivel. This is nonsense." Oh, he uh, would have been. He would have looked. About he would have looked at Stalmaria and gone, "So you don't exist, my half, other half, my demon, my soul." And closed that book and threw it in the trash where it belonged. Yeah, no. But let's not. Now, Mario would have been pissed because, no, don't go. You're not going to end it on you throwing out half a theory and then saying, no, let's move on. Now, Mario would have been pissed because he would have explored it just like he did. If he's going as far as willing to no, cut he would his explore daughter. it. No, 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 no. He's not like going to cut his, shut his brain off and go, I won't read this. No, he'd read it. He'd give it the time it deserves a read, a, an, an analyst. And he'd, and at the end, he'd analyze and go, this is a piece of crap. Nope. And he would throw he would it away. experiment and oh, he would find out. Rich. Hey, wait, let's, I can't let's... wait till you get to please read La Belle Sauvage <laughs> and then so you can read uh, uh, The Secret Commonwealth. Um, and yeah, and when we get you, to it, you, you can't can, assign you can, our guests. You can join like, in. That ain't fair. You can join in on this. <laughs> you can join in Her on husband this. already got a deal with No, 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 no. no. Before season two, two starts, uh, uh, Cass, that is your assignment. So you got a year to read two books. That is not, have, that is I, not I too much that. to ask. ask. <laughs> okay, so back to this conversation with Lyra and Azrael. Um, she, she, he says, they bring up her name. You're Lyra Balakwa and blah, blah, blah. She's like, it's Silvertongue now. He's like, you don't even want my name? She's like, it was given to me. Silvertongue was given to me by somebody who I know loves me and respects me and, you know, treats me right. And, you know, he didn't have a ton to say about that back because yeah and he and she goes and you call yourself a father and he's like no I don't call myself a father <laughs> he was an entire piece but you know consistent and he wasn't trying to this is true to the Azrael in the Azrael in the book who will just let you cry a little bit then go okay quit your quit your sniveling and 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 let's move on to he has no time for like he says in his scene sentimentality this yeah. is uh this is very much uh lord azrael uh, uh as written yeah oh and she also offers him the alethiometer he 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 doesn't want it and she's and you know she doesn't understand but she's just like i came all this way to give you this thing and you refuse it like so she's confused and hurt and obviously he has motives that she doesn't know. Okay. So sorry. Rich. So sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh next scene we get Coulter uh, in a room alone with 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 her monkey and she's uh she's like 
doing what she did under the table and pansaw when 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 Lyra was telling her about dust or back talking in some way and she just grabs the monkey by the back of the neck his scruff and just pulls and she's doing that now except she's by herself there's presumably I mean the whole situation's stressful maybe (gasps) excuse me but it's not she's not in this intense moment so I'm I'm not sure I'm not I'm wondering if this is like some kind of way that she relaxes it's it's really weird but she's like yanking on you know pulling on the scruff and then father mcphail uh uh enters and they have um they have a conversation they discuss asriel's work he's afraid of it she tells she like throws that right in his face like what are you afraid of you're you're afraid of what he's going to find you're afraid (laughs) of uh she's like no i know what it is oh he he says something about sin and she's like, well, what's your sin? Lust? Greed? And then she does that thing that she does every time she's in a, in a scene with Father McPhail, where she invades his space and gets all up in his grill and is all doing this weird seductive thing. I don't know what she's doing. She's always. I think she just does it to keep the priest off balance. But she admits, like, no, lust isn't what your sin is. She's like, because I've tried. And greed, like, no, you're, you know, a man of modest means, probably, and you don't need things. But uh, envy, you're, you're you're jealous of of Azrael and I and how we can just walk through life so confidently, so sure-footed, and you can't. And that's got to hurt somebody who's who knows that about themselves. And mm-hmm. I mean, because a lot of us live with that. Like, I mean, if more people were confident in the world, it would be better. <laughs> the world mm-hmm. would be better. But a lot of people walk around, you know, hating themselves or parts of themselves or unsure if it's not just an outright, like, but just they're anxious and what's the world think of me? And how do I look? And how's my whatever? And she's like, I don't. Asriel doesn't. And you're jealous. And he had no, no real comeback for that. And and she kind of flattened him because he he flattened her. He said he 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 was like what what you melted over that man. She's like I did not melt. And he's like <laughs> he came into your life. You had a career, stature, and a marriage to you know to to a man of of means and status, and you threw it all away. You had a child out of wedlock who you don't even claim. <laughs> and. <laughs> And it was like, and it was, and it really was the first time in this, in besides Lyra, Lyra got to her a little bit, but it was the first time an adult uh, was able to, to, to get her so, you know, get under her skin, but she didn't allow it to rattle her. She just said what she said about being envious and, uh, and it was obviously true. He had no comeback for it. He just looked, he looked like, hmm, you got me kind of thing. Did you guys like that scene? Did she put Father McPhail in his place, <laughs> or not? <laughs> no, liked it. Yeah. I yeah, I did too. I did too. I just I don't know. I think she just has that like, it it's it's part writing and like the source material material is already there to set her up. But even just like the showrunners like writing out her character and fleshing it out, mm-hmm. they just did such a good job like giving her that edge. And I mean, like, obviously, like, Ruth Wilson carried it home, too, but yeah. it's been solid. And have you seen any of Ruth, Ruth's work outside of this? 
Um, only one movie, and uh, she wasn't the lead in it, and she wasn't anywhere near as strong of a character. So I was pretty chance, kind of guard. Yeah, if you get a chance, watch her in uh, Luther, which mm-hmm. is probably her tour de, tour de force that kind of got her on the scene because she plays a serial killer. And oh. Idris Elba is both in love with and obsessed with capturing her. And okay. so their dynamic is like Holmes and Moriarty only with well, I guess they had in the new uh, Sherlock, they had the same dynamic, too, with romance. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, so similar to that. And then also she did with HBO, which is why I'm sure when they saw she was attached with Bad uh, with uh, Bad Wolf, they were all about it. Uh, she did a phenomenal job with the show they did called The Affair. Where okay. she was the and she went through like the bevy of emotions being the adulteress in a similar vein to what they're talking about here. So it was really good. Cool. On the on the previously ons, we got a a, a flashback or, or from an earlier episode with Boreal talking to Fra Pavel, trying to get get his his question answered when he bullied Fra Pavel, when he blackmailed him with his filthy predilections, ratty kept calling him ratty, <laughs> just <laughs> bullying that man. So he got him to to read the alethea- or to ask the alethiometer a question. So that was in the previously on. So you you had an idea that was going to get paid off today, and it did in this episode or in this next scene. We've got Boreal on Fra Pavel's heels, walking down this hallway. What did it say? He's just hassling him, hassling him for an answer, and it, and it was what in this hallway. There are people around. How do you, I'm not sure this is a smart move. Maybe he's just desperate and he doesn't care. He's got a window. Like, I can escape anytime I want. But you're in the magisterium and you're talking to the alethiometrists, alethiometrist, and asking him, what did it say? What did it say? Like, it doesn't take a genius if you overhear, like, portions of this conversation. You see uh, Boreal's uh, body language and he's frantic and he's demanding answers from the most you know prestigious alethiometrist I, I just thought that was a little like this is a secret this is something you blackmailed him into doing you don't want people knowing you got you got the secret readings but you know it didn't nothing came of it no one was like overhearing i just thought it was that he was boreal was out of character and this, for this scene but uh the answer was uh, Grumman ha- has that Grumman found a knife and it's in the Tower of the Angels and his son will lead you to it. And so Boro has to put on this act like, son, are you sure? Did you did you read it correctly? And he's like, yeah, the baby came up, the crucible, the whatever, you know, the symbols that point to a, a child and a, and a boy at that. And so he, oh, well, Okay, and and it was a, a really quick scene, uh, but again, it just was there to pay off that uh, that that answer or that question Boreal had, which just makes me think, what about Col- Mrs. Coulter's question? Like she had a question too. Are we not gonna? Do we have to wait till season two to find out who is Lyra Balakwa? That was her question to Frau Pavel to ask, and he never, he never, he never told her who she is. I had to like completely like dig that one out. I was like, wait, what did she ask? Yeah, yep. Who is who is Lyra Balakwa? And he goes, 
what do you mean? She's your daughter. He's like, she goes, just ask the question. <laughs> so, but, you know, maybe maybe that's uh, a thing for season two. Um, I that, do like how okay. we we have our, our, our first mention of the angels, though. That was exciting. Well, the angels of the tower is named at. It's like the, the tower of the angelies or some crap. So he's not necessarily uh. mentioning the angels in a a celestial or in a character sense Uh, but they did they did mention I think in passing maybe it was a Serafina and Quorum conversation about angels I I feel like they did too I think it was very much in passing just like before we met Serafina um Lyra was listening to a conversation and, and they go, I think it might have been somebody in Egyptians and they were like, the witches of the north or the witches of Anara are, 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 will be there and Lyra's eyes light up like, whoa witches? Holy crap! Um, but then we got to meet one. So they kind of mentioned angels and then didn't, uh, didn't pay it off. Or at least of course, as of yet. But when Fra Pablo mentions it, it's just uh, he's mentioning a building called something something to Angelese mm. and we will see that place in season 2 uh, next scene we get we get Azrael confiding uh, in Thorold um, Thorold man what a what a what a servant what a what a <laughs> like what do you I know this is a different world and hierarchy and your place your station in life is set like we talked about before if you're born to it like why does why would someone have a dog demon if, if it's all about uh obeying orders and stuff like what if the what if they're more free spirit and have a canary or you know a spider or whatever is a demon and and it's like no your place in society if your mother's a kitchen worker you're probably going to be a kitchen worker or maybe a carpenter if you get some kind of a, you know, if you're able to study under some, you know, blacksmith across town or whatever, you can do something besides. But you're going to be a working class schlub, and you're going to have, in your soul and your personality, is going to represent that for the most part. And and I talked about uh, Cass in the early episodes, like that has to be, and Will mentioned it in in the Subtle Knife. Um, like, what if you're a military family? And all the, the the men and and even the women in your family uh, have are military folks, and they all have birds of prey, like we saw later. All the military dudes, the the, the skydiver guys, had birds of prey, and or or but these like warlike or you know obviously aggressive. And what if you come through with a damn parrot? You're, the, <laughs> you're 13 years old in this militaristic family or whatever the thing is that fan religion sport whatever it is is macho thing and here you come with a parrot everyone can see your personality sitting on your shoulder or on your wrist or next to you and it's just like man that has to be you can't even fake it you can't be like no granddad I love the I can't wait to soldier up and you know give my life for the nope they're like no you don't you little artist <laughs> your little creative goof you know and they could just yeah that has to be rough on some level though i think it would take like the pressure off you know like you wouldn't have to like worry about i don't know even just just coming out di- as different you know be fit, yeah you know, it's all, it's yeah all right there 
You wouldn't have to worry about fake friends. You would know. Right? I mean, I... <laughs> I mean, you would. I mean, your souls would interact on a mean or on a on a on a level that we don't as us yeah. we're done, you know. Like when uh when later we get and this was an episode where they made sure to pay attention to demon on demon interaction pan and, and cecilia when lyra and, and roger were in the tent hanging out they were outside playing in the lab just you know goofing off as demons and the golden monkey and stalmaria later in the episode when Azrael and and marissa coulter are having their moment the golden monkey and stalmaria are also like kind of hugged up and you know stroking each other and you know having a bit of a moment themselves so i'm like oh okay at least uh and i'm realizing now with him paused on my screen because we're going to talk about this scene next we never get to see, do we ever get to see thorold's demon i don't we think see, so. we see him in episode one in the lab and then we see him in here in episode seven at the end of last week's episode and then now here and yeah he's been and he's obviously has one and i'm trying to remember if they he has one i think he has a dog demon in the book because again he's just some guy's servant and that's just what he's uh i mean you're 60 years old and you got to take orders it's like alfred you have to take orders <laughs> from this like punk kid Ezreal. <laughs> you know so so he confides in thorold he tells thorold you have to look after lyra the magisterium will be here at any moment and um he does mention, I'm going to, uh, you've, oh, they, they talk about enemies. And Thorold goes, you've managed to make even bigger enemies? He's like, I'm going after the enemy. So he's talking about the authority, and uh, we know where that is going. Any, uh, any, any thoughts on uh, Thorold and, uh, and Azrael's uh, conversation here? Uh, no, not too Pretty many. Straightforward. I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's set up. It was some exposition of, you know, to to, to let you know Azrael's plan, without saying it outright. Thorold's there to kind of he he doesn't want to do. He doesn't. Thorold is not not happy with uh, with Azrael, but he has to. You know, he's indebted to him in some way or whatever. I don't know. Uh, next scene we get Lyra in a bathtub so she's bathing and and Roger comes in and she's like fam I'm I'm naked in a tub he's like I'll walk in backwards and talk to you back like it's clear that like this is a this is something that they've uh, again it's it, to me it mirrors the relationship Thorold and, and Azrael just because Roger was not her servant a servant in the school she lived in and he just happened to bring her breakfast and chocolate and stuff like that um so it's like you go from one scene one servant master dynamic to another uh, and they're just they're kids so so roger opens the door backwards and him and cecilia walk through it walk backwards (laughs) and he's like don't let me trip on anything and it's so it was so awesome watching his his demon as a rat or ferret or something walk walk backwards it was just so cute uh and then they have this guy they have a conversation um roger does does uh go mentions like 
did you see how your how Lord Azrael was so upset when he saw you, and then when he saw me, it was like instant relief, and he turned into a different person. This is all sh- uh, conversation straight from the book. Uh, so we weren't the only one. It was very over the top, but Roger also noticed he was, uh, you know, looking like a drumstick to a to a <laughs> to a hungry to a hungry cartoon wolf. I like the conversation. I thought it was super sweet. Yeah. But I mean, like, and I, I thought it like broke down like your defense is a little bit to prepare for like the end. Yeah, they've been they've been pretty heavy handed in certain aspects uh, with Roger and Lyra. Last episode, I don't know how many times how many times did they have to hug and tell each other how much they cared about each other. It's like oh, they're just setting they're just really greasing us up to fire us down that sliding board of <laughs> angst and and horror. Um, but. But yeah, so they they really just have a, a an earnest conversation about, you know, I'm here. Wait, was that maybe that was later? I'm here because you bought me here, and you're here because I bought you here. I don't know if that was here or later in the tent, but they had they had a really really nice nice moment. Um, back in our world, and Will's and Will and and Elaine Perry's house. Oriole and and his henchman, who they never name, I just call henchman. It was Thomas and the henchman. Well, Thomas is dead now. <laughs> They're standing over his body. Boreal is pissed. He basically chews out the henchman. Like, can you do anything by yourself? Like, you're an incompetent. I would have liked. I would have been. It would have been nice if Boreal would have said, "Why couldn't he be the one?" To, or why couldn't you have been the one to go? Because he was useful. Thomas got him all the information. He got the bank information. He got the pictures of of Stanislaus grooming that he's you know, and his, him and his demon. He knows all this stuff. The henchman is just there. There. Being henchin, just henchin away. Is he though? I mean, I guess he did break into the. Last week, it showed how much of an inept henchman he is. He's breaking into the into their house, looking for letters. He's in her bathroom looking at her makeup kit. I'm like, letters don't fit in that little box, idiot. <laughs> Stop being a creep and, and looking through this woman's unmentionables. <laughs> and like, that's he, why he didn't find He's just trying to think them. outside the box. Idiot. Like, mm, maybe they're folded up a bunch of times and stuffed into this little, <laughs> into this little, into this little thing. Uh, but... Boreal's I, I love the way Boreal played this because he's like tell me what I can do to help he's like I don't know if I want you to help anymore like you've clearly you're an inept henchman you can't hench well so he, he leaves him hang you know he keeps him he leaves him hanging for a little bit and then Boreal's like find the boy find the you know like get rid of the body find the boy next scene we got the henchman in his car radioing 10-4 this is uh you know, Captain Lou, and, and, you know, we've got a missing person alert, William Perry, alone on foot, and, you know, whatever. So it's like, oh, henchman's a cop. And earlier, Boreal said, man, you come to me for help, I help you, and now this is basically like, and now you, you can't even do some simple errands and stuff. So he's got this guy on the hook. Somehow, we just don't know how Boreal 
what's he got hanging over this guy's head? Yeah. But you can imagine, he's a, probably a dirty cop. Maybe Thomas the hacker found something on him, and that's why they picked him as a henchman. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he has to be some kind of high-ranking cop because he was like, "Hey, we got this missing person, and if you find something, come to me directly." And then the the, the dispatcher goes, 10-4, we got we copy," and basically was like, "Okay." And you can't just as a beat officer radio in like, "Hey, look for this person, and then come to me." They're gonna be like, "Who are you, private or <laughs> uh, whatever?" Just low-ranking officer. Henchman. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, as I alluded to earlier, we get the next scene. We've got Pan and Cecilia. They're just hanging out in the lab, playing, and just, you know, demoning it up. Uh, inside the tent, like a makeshift, just was awesome little fort that they made. Blankets and, you know, chairs and, you know, how kids make forts and make little tents. And and they're having sandwiches and, and drinking hot chocolate, presumably, or something. And they have this really sweet conversation. Again, just buttering you up for, for just to throw you in the frying pan later on just making sure you've got all that extra breading on you so you sizzle real good <laughs> in, in those final scenes um, but yeah they just talk and, and eat and have this really just special moment there was a there was a a, a, a seemingly forced unnatural hug that again is just sprinkling it on that extra seasoning for you next scene they're asleep in their tent Lord Azrael pokes his head under quietly wakes Lyra and and tells her you know come here you know I want to show you something and um, they have this conversation this really really awesome conversation about dust and I forgot how great it was because again they were really good this episode with book conversation with dialogue right from the book and this was it too where he goes over the 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 uh, creation story or not the creation story but Adam and Eve in the garden um, and their twist is what did Eve's demon settle as and she or when did it when did Eve's demon settle and she goes oh after uh, after she ate the apple that the serpent told her to eat and and they do some quotes, and it's like very much like our Bible, but you know, different to fit to fit their uh, their world, their world, and their physiology, and, and and the demons. And basically goes, you know, this is uh, this is this this is it. This is centuries of the church and the, the magisterium keeping us in the dark. And that's over. And once we, once we prove dust is a part of a, 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 a parliamentary, no, a parlor. What's the word? It's an element. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an element that can be studied, tested, photographed. It's over. They won't have their power. And yeah, and that's what we're here to do. And he's just really intense. And you could tell, like. He's instilling in her this distrust of the magisterium. Not that she didn't have it already, but like, why you should distrust them? Why they're holding us back? They're literally keeping us in the dark, and I'm I'm doing my damnedest to just lift up the 
lift up the blindfold a teeny bit and let a little bit of light in and maybe that'll wake some other folks up because after what I'm going to do today they won't be able to deny it but he's vague enough obviously she, you know she uh, she doesn't know what he's what he's planning yeah uh, late when when oh he does mention that the compass the dust is what 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 uh is what motivates the uh, the needle yeah it's why it does what it does and um yeah it all it works because of dust he again he in the in the conversation he made this great comparison about uh or not comparison but he talked about about dust and how the the church once te- kind of the technology is what is what uh is what kind of hurt things because once they you could start seeing dust the church was like oh it's evil pouring from you know the heavens that doesn't make sense you, they could easily turn that into something positive and godly like oh god sending down his sparkles and whatever <laughs> uh, but but um and then around puberty it happens and that's when the church got really like oh okay Adam and Eve and they start making the connecting these dots and 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 now here we are centuries later just with this veil of, of darkness over us uh, but when the conversation is over he she goes back or she doesn't go back to the tent she like sits on a couch or a chair pulls her her winter her coat her outside coat over her and 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 goes to sleep and I was like oh okay I was wondering how they were going to get get Roger away from her or her yeah. away from Roger and uh, and that was it and that was how they did it too easy and then next we have uh, Boreal in his car on speakerphone trying to get some answers from his cop henchman and he's like, did you find anything? He's like, no, but we got, um, you know, we're looking here and we're going to put out this APB. And then once he, basically once he says no, he just hung, hangs up on him. He's really short with him. He, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't want to hear it. And then Boreal is talking to someone or, you know, he's just like the Tower of the Angeles. It's got to be, you know. And he's like putting two and two together. He's like, this, it has to be what Fra Pavel was, the the alethiometer was telling telling them or telling uh, him. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh! But he was ha- the, he was talking to his demon who was in the passenger seat. And every time they do these shots, I go, why is he sitting in the passenger seat? And I go, <laughs> oh, 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 right, it's it's singling. So they, yeah, <laughs> they're 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 quite opposite and whatever I'm going to call them backwards because they're not uh, but yeah his demon was sitting in the passenger seat didn't speak just just slithered just hissed the tongue out a little bit um, and just listened to her guy vent because he's still angry but again he's putting two and two together and uh, he's realizing uh, what his next move might have to be uh, next we get Will on a bus so he's just uh, he's on an Im- a bus by himself so it's one. I don't know if he's just killing time, just trying to stay, stay off of radar, because he got you know he has that APB out on him. He, I don't think he knows, or he he probably assumes he didn't know that guy was a cop, but he knows he killed somebody, and he just might staying some, moving in general. I'm sure. Some, yeah, have some folks on him. 
but that was just a quick, a quick kind of just to show, like, hey, he's still, uh, he's he's still around, and he's still, uh, you know, he's still he's moving, and he's trying to avoid trouble. Uh, we do get a quick shot of Coulter staring out of a staring out of the window of of her of her airship as Lyra falls asleep. Uh, then, then we get Boreal in the car talking to the henchman, and then talking to a snake, and then we get Will on a bus. Um, and and then in the scene after that, the Magisterium is in all their their fleet of airships. They're barreling down on on Azrael's lab, and and it, and Thorold is 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 frantically like packing things. Lyra hears the noise of Thorold packing or and or the the airship's getting close. She wakes up and is like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Good, you're awake. We got to go." And she starts looking for Lyra like, well, or she, Lyra starts looking for Roger like, "Well, where's Roger? He's with Azrael. They left." <laughs> they yeah. left, left where? So he went to his home planet. Yeah, Poochie went to his home planet. Uh, the, the, so, so she's kind of telling like Thorold, what's what's going on? Why is Roger? Why why is he with Roger? And I think in the conversation they had the night before, her and Azrael, he mentioned the energy. I think he mentioned something about the severing process or the energy needed to 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 do to make the breach and it wasn't until Roger's gone with Azrael the next morning she goes oh my god he's going to sever Roger and use him, the energy to to, to, to open up to, 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 to make the bridge and she puts on her coat and they did a really awesome thing where before she put her coat on Pan jumped in it like basically jumped in the lining uh, so again, it, I don't know if they were, if they had noticed like by the time they were filming episode eight, like ooh, I think we should uh, like reinforce some of this demon stuff before the season ends. So so they did some of the small things that they didn't do in the you know beginning and middle of the season. Uh, so yeah, so before she puts her coat on, Pan jumps in the lining, grabs on. She you know so he's there. Um, Thorold can't keep her from. You know she's just too strong-willed. He, she, he's not gonna let Thorold, uh, uh, uh stop her. She goes outside. She's she's calling for Yorick. Yorick, help me! I need you. They didn't do the thing like the book where Yorick was he had lay, he had slept, so he had got covered in snow, and he just emerged from a snowbank. Like <laughs> he he emer- It looked like a snowbank, but it was just a, a white bear covered in snow. Um, so he he's like, she tells him, fam, Roger's with Azrael. He's going he's going up to the mountain to to do something bad. He calls my bears, come with me. She's like, you're gonna call the whole squad? Like, what's that about? She's like, we might need him. Where we're going, we're probably gonna need him. Cut to Azrael leading Roger up this mountain trail. Stalmeri in like keep- the creepiest way too. In like, the way, oh, it's. It's it makes no sense. Roger's like, wait, Lyra's coming after us? He's like, Yeah, I told you, she's with Thorough. They're they're coming later. Like why later? Why don't we just wait either go wait to, for them or why didn't they come with us early? But he's a child on a mountain and he's just gonna <laughs> do what he's told, basically. And that's what he does. He just he just follows along. He doesn't have much much choice. Um 
Yeah, I've read him. I've wrote in my notes. Ezreal leads Roger to his doom. <laughs> that was my entire <laughs> line for that for that quick quick scene. And I love Stamaria, who's doing exactly what a demon should be doing: keeping a watch out, making sure nobody can flank them or come up on you know come up on their back. Uh, so so she's she's doing what what, what she has to do. Uh, and the Magisterium airships pull right up on the side of his mountain lair, his, 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 his laboratory, and I assume more to the side, and they don't show him, like, getting out, but next thing you know, the the doors of uh, the laboratory are breached with, like, a, some kind of explosive, some soldiers running, guns drawn, Father McPhail and Miss, Mrs. Coulter walk in, he goes to touch something, she's like, don't touch anything. Until there's there could be booby traps. <laughs> so do you think Indiana Jones? Do you think she did that to put him off? Because she says, remember, her whole thing is I know I can smell Azrael's next move. She knows Azrael didn't booby trap his his place. So maybe just it, to like try and give the illusion that she had control of like the situation when she didn't. But also. She she when in her uh, when she's telling McPhail and she's like you got to take me along I know this I know the work I know the research I know dust I think she's yes what you said Cass about the control but also like she I think she thinks she knows more than she does and she wants to come off as you know and like, yeah I, I think you summed it up she just wants to be in charge and wants to let him know he he isn't. So don't touch yeah. anything because I'm the. If anybody knows anything about it, it's me. I'm the expert or half expert, and you're not any kind of expert. Um, so yeah. So Coulter looks around. Don't touch anything. Booby traps. Next thing you know, out of the cut, uh, Father McPhail gets punched in the face or you know butted in the face with the butt of a shotgun. He goes down. Um, and he points the thing at Mrs. Coulter. You know what Mrs. Coulter does? She goes. Oh, Thorold, put that thing down. You, like, I've known you too long to know how, <laughs> you know, that you're not going to resort to these. Like, you're not about that life. You ain't about that life, Thorold. And she just continues to, like, look into the micro, or look into the telescope and look at Azrael's work board. And she deduces, um, uh, she deduces what he's, what he's working, like, Basically, like, oh, according to these figures, he's on that mountain and he's going to do this at eleven o'clock. Like, man, like maybe she does know more than, uh, you know, she leads on, and she does her mental jujitsu on him. She walks right up to him. He basically puts the gun down. She goes, "This is what I'm going to do. I like you, Thorold. So I'm going to, I'm going to take these troops. I'm going to go find Azrael. In that, in the meantime, t- I'm going to tell them Father McPhail's doing something else. In the meantime." You can leave because I'm not interested in, you know, killing you or hurting you or anything. So, you've always been decent to me. So, here's your escape. Yeah. And it's like, and he just, okay, <laughs> like she just is in control of everyone she's interacts with except Lyra, unless she could physically, you know, the only way she was reason she was in control of Lyra was because she was bigger and 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 you know an adult and could physically dominate her. Um. Yeah. Next scene is back in our world. Will is at a donut shop or a diner, 
and he's got his hood on, so he's looking super conspicu- uh, conspicuous. And but at least he's a kid, and he's on his phone, head down, and that's not exactly odd. Out of character. Out of character for for for, for people uh, in our in our world. But the, a cop does walk in, and oh, he's he's checking his his phone. He's checking the BBC site, the news site, to see if any uh, stories about. You know the guy he killed the night before is in there, but he doesn't see anything. Then the cop does walk in, and uh, when he can, when she's not looking, he uh, he bounces, and she seemed to be had been looking for him, like because she looked like, hmm, where'd that kid go? So I, I think they're trying to get across. I mean, they're clearly trying to get across that you know he's he's wanted, and you know folks are folk uh, they're on his trail. <laughs> Um, next we get Azrael lighting the way so he stops Roger's still asking a bunch of questions he un he uncovers a couple of generators puts on the uh, puts the spark plugs to it or, or like the, the, the jumper cables to it some 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 uh, stage lighting uh, rigs start lighting up so <laughs> it's like all thing, all his whole plan is coming into fruition. Like this was like something that he planned down to the last detail. He's got his, the path lit with generators and 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 lamps. Um, yeah, it's again more more leading Roger to his doom, his impending doom. Then this next scene we get was just, it's the longest, you know, the biggest chunk I have in my in my notes. So, so Yorg and his whole bear squad are haul assing towards the mountaintop, and they stop. And Yorg's like, "Do you see that?" She gets off and is looking, and all of a sudden, over the mountain range, all these lights appear. And I was confused at first because I was like, "Oh, is that Azrael's lightning lighting grid activating?" No, 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 no. It was a dozen airships appearing over the mountain and and york's like oh crap they're uh they're really doing it they're <laughs> they, they, yeah they, they're they're showing and then they cut to the airship and they go uh yeah some pan- some armor bears have been spotted and mrs coulter again in complete control because she said i'm going to take these forces i'm going to take these army guys these these soldiers and lead them up the mountain and go get azrael so she's in full they're obeying this woman who doesn't have any she's not a military person she's like open fire they open the hellfire on the bears and the, the lyra who's with them um, so Lyra's trapped. She has nowhere to go. She's trying to hide behind rocks, and it's just dizzying and concussive. You know, it's missiles and bullets landing, and she gets like kind of ringing in her ear. York finds her, and he's like, "Get on! We must, you know, out. You know, we must continue." So he leaves his guys, his so his his bear fighters back to 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 fight to do the real real deal soldiering. Uh, they do show the 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 air. Uh, what do they call? They're not skydivers when they're when you're in an army. When you're in the military, they have like a airmen. Are they airmen? They're the guys. They're the guys. Paratroopers. Paratroopers. Thank yeah. you, paratroopers. 
So all the paratroopers that were getting blessed earlier, uh, they have all they all have birds of prey, hawks and condors and stuff on their shoulders. So they just run out the back of the airship and jump. Their birds, you know, fly. They open up their parachutes. They've got machine guns and they're jumping right into a war, right into a bad, big old battle. And the bears are battling, and it's all kinds of chaos. And then they show Roger and 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 and. And Azrael on the mountaintop looking down at all the fighting and fire and bullets and stuff. And Roger's like, we have to go back. We have to go back and, uh, and, 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 find, and find Lyra because all that chaos. Oh, I want to mention the bears have fire hurlers. So that's how, like in the chaos, you see, a few, uh, you see a few airships come crashing down. So the bears have. That was the first thing. She said, Father McPhail goes, armor bears have been spotted and they're positioning themselves to to fire and that's when mrs coulter gets to jump on i'm like screw it open fire uh so the bears have their own you know artillery as well um uh one of the bears did die in front of her before she uh before she jumped on york to to ride off um so Rogers sees all the fighting. He wants to go find Lyra. Azrael and Starmaria grab him and his demon and throw him in some homemade demon cages. It was uh, it was the start of oh here we go oh no. Uh, so yeah, so Rogers trapped in the cage. Cecilia's in the cage next to him. They, Lyra and York come to a, a crossing that he can't cross. It's a tiny little ice bridge connecting like a, a cavern. But it's barely wide enough for Lyra to walk across comfortably, and she slips a little bit. Uh, so York knows, you know, he's a two-ton bear. Uh, he can't do it. I, I think in the book, it was a little more... It was a little more... Um, um, I can't think of the word, but it was... It, the, the thing almost collapsed. She had to, like, jump at the yeah. last minute to, like, get to the other side. Like, it started crumbling underneath her. She had to run and jump. Uh, so, but... But that didn't happen, which which is okay. Uh, back to uh, back to the homemade demon cages. Uh, oh oh, before that, Lyra did in one of my favorite scenes. Lyra did uh, hug and kiss. Uh, no, Lyra Silvertongue, because he goes, you know, goodbye, Lyra Silvertongue. She's like, goodbye, King York Bjarnason. And she hugs him and and gives him a kiss on his snout. And then she crossed the bridge. Uh, Roger begs for his life begs him please don't do this Asher was like I'm sorry sorry kid in war this is a war and in war there are casualties so he he doesn't want to kill Roger it's not about killing this kid It's a, he's a means to an end and it sucks but that end gotta be meaned <laughs> yeah um Uh, yeah, and next thing, Lyra Lyra frets. She's she's climbing up this mountain. It's hard. It's a friggin' mountain. And she's like, Pan, I, I can't do it. And she's like, he's like, we're almost there. He's like, fly. She tells him, fly up and see how close we are. He turns into a bird. He flies. He notices we're, we're literally right there. Just just come on. And she then Lyra gets, she sees, Lyra sees Roger in the cage, right? Azrael's manually pulling this blade down to, to do the, between the cages to do the severing but it's it's literally it takes him you know almost a minute because it's tough going it's like a 
crazy heavy lever or whatever. Lyra climbs up to the side of the cage. Oh, Cecilia in the other cage is just going nuts. You know, just can't get out. Her cage seems to be electrified because, which makes a lot of sense because she can turn into a moth or a anything tiny and fly through the fly through yeah. the holes. But nope. It's electrified, or at least her side is. So Lyra, uh, Roger touches, he can touch the thing and nothing happens to him. But Lyra uh, grabs the side of the cage, looks dead in Roger's face as the blade comes down. Cecilia turns in the particles. The, the entire cage electrifies. Lyra gets blown back. Like the kid, remember the scene the in Jurassic kid from Park? Jurassic Park. <laughs> One, two, boom, and then he wakes up. Three, you know, half hour later. Uh, so she gets blown back, falls into a you know pile of snow. A uh, beam of light, this beam of energy, just ju- just streams from the mountaintop. Uh, into the sky and I was told specifically don't talk about pyramids because people hate pyramids and everybody will tune out <laughs> uh, but if you're if you're at all uh, familiar with um, uh, um, specifically the Chris Dunn's uh, uh, what's it called Giza Giza, mm, Giza factory Giza shit 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 it's a it's a it's a it's a theory about the pyramids being machines themselves and a lot of them uh if you look at imagery will have like a, a, a beam of light coming out of out of the top giza power plant theory is what it's called so if you want to give that a quick google and yeah but that that goes for a lot of pyramid structures and it just reminded me of that so if you look and you'll see the image and you'll go oh of course that would remind Travis of someone who's excavated pyramids <laughs> themselves, himself. Uh, that's sure that would remind him of that. Um, but that's all I'll say about that. Um, <laughs> Anybody who's still tuned in after the pyramid. Yeah. Talk. After that 30 second. Yeah. You know, put everybody to sleep. So literally the battlefield comes to a stop. All the human soldiers stop and stare at this beam of light at this coming up out of the, 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 top of this mountain the bear the york stops everything stops and then back to the mountaintop uh, uh, Azrael is just I mean he is so pleased with himself you know like his experiment worked all his theories all his math and his physics and you know his whiteboard and, and all that was culminated in I was right like I know that feeling of I can't imagine. This seems like a thousand times better. Just, uh, I was right. I had this theory. I thought it was the case. And then I, I did it. I had to kill a kid to do it. But, you know, I was right. So everything's all good, right? Uh, Mrs. Coulter approaches, strapped. She's got her pistol that she loaded on the <laughs> on the, on the airship in her waist. And she confronts, uh, she confronts Azrael. Like, what have you done? And um, he's like, "This is the, this is it, Marissa. This is the end of the Magisterium. This proves that they're full of crap, and all the centuries of oppression and uh, and suppressing of knowledge ends today." And then we get the shot of uh, Stalmaria and the Golden Monkey, like you know, 
caressing caressing getting a little intimate and uh he he tries his hardest he's like i know you i know your ambition and it's again conversation straight from the book and it was really passionate in the book he's like lie about the kid the child marissa lie about the magisterium but don't lie about your ambition and while he's saying these lines he's like like kissing her face and like breathing right into her nose and they're just super <laughs> close and intimate and it's just an- another great shot of them standing in front of the light bridge like nose to nose and he's trying his hardest to convince her we will take over the world like with you by my side there's nothing I can't do and once she's reticent once she's like I, I can't Child, uh, Lyra's in this world. He's like, "Is that what you want? Go get her. <laughs> I'm out." <laughs> once and it's and it was just like the book. Like once she once she had a tiny bit of doubt, he was like, "You ain't about that life. I'm going. I'm walking over this <laughs> crazy light bridge into the unknown. You do. You stay with the child if you want in your domesticated life. Fine. I, I think in the book he did say something about how." Uh, about Lyra having her wrapped around her finger, or I, I can't believe Marissa Coulter being like swayed by by sentimentality of a child. Oh, and the whole time <laughs> it sucks. I don't mean to laugh, but Rogers just slumped in his cage. <laughs> <laughs> He's just slumped dead in his cage. Oh, and when they showed the close up of his face, he had to tear. Just still wet tear. Just One little lone di- tear. It, di- it didn't like trickled all the way down the cheek. It was just stuck on like the uh, 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 the, the high cheekbone, the eyelash, eye, bar- eye part. Um, but yeah, she won't go. And um, she wants Lyra more than anything in the world. And he crosses. And she doesn't. And then we get to Will. He's still wandering the streets. He sees a couple of cops. So he dips off into like the little fenced in park area and like kind of just hides out for a bit um then we cut back to the mountaintop where lyra wakes up uh and 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 uh mrs coulter is kind of like just like milling around and lyra hides from her until she leaves and then we get go back to will will still at the park uh then we get back to lyra and lyra goes up to the to the demon cages pulls Roger out. Pan is looking in the other in the other cage, like back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, oh, he's looking for Cecilia. Uh but 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 Lyra does pull Roger out of the cage and she holds him. She cries. She mourns her friend. She blames herself. Pan's like fan like we didn't know. Cause she's like this whole time I thought I was bringing him the alethiometer. It turns out I was bringing him you. Like it's all my fault. I didn't get to say goodbye, and 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 which sets up book three. That line alone, I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye. Just keep that in mind. And uh, Pan's like, look, all like clearly dust isn't bad. Matter of fact, it's probably the greatest thing ever. And <laughs> and we need to find it and we need to protect it. You know. And, she, and she's like, are you saying we need to find it before he does? And talking about Azrael, and he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Back to Will. Let's all get dusted. Let's all, yes, please. <laughs> Back to Will. 
He's still in that park. He's sitting down. Then he sees this cat. And then the cat walks away. And he, Will just randomly decides to follow the cat. And the cat takes him to a part of the park which is kind of fenced off. But has like a... One of the bars is bent where he can squeeze through. And he sees the window. Which... Wasn't very well hidden. Like, as soon as he got there, I was like, oh, hey, there's the window. Like, you're not supposed to be able to see the window from every angle. Like, you have to be on a very specific angle to see the window. And they, they, they didn't worry about it. They didn't mess. When we first saw it, the one Boreal would go through, they didn't really go that extra. The, the window was supposed to just be a, a slit in reality and you can literally only see it from certain angles because maybe the background of the other world maybe rain is coming through or sunshine or something but you can't just see it from every angle uh so will sees it the cat doesn't jump through like the book but will puts his hand through he put brings it back and nothing he's like nothing happens to it uh and then he steps through and they, they're cutting back and forth the the entire time and lyra walks through <coughs> her her like portal. bridge portal deal at the same time with so again the, mo- the the predictable thing they did and it was still very it was predictable but very satisfying very logical made a lot of sense and leads right into book two uh, uh, slash season two uh, that we will hopefully don't have to wait you know especially knowing that the the thing is recorded and wrapped and taped and edited and just they better not make us wait, like... Like, if we have to wait till next October, <laughs> or I whatever. I would say, like, November, like, I don't know, like, uh, April or... April or, like, June. Like, late, like I could see if they waited till the end of summer. Fine. Bring it in July or August. But I got a feeling they're going to wait. make us wait till the fall. We'll see. We will see. Um... But yeah, and that's and that's how the season ends. It ends with Lyra walking through her 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 bridge, walking over her light bridge, and and Will stepping through. Stepping through his window, and we will get to see where they go next, uh, next season, next year, probably, or not probably, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Unless it's gonna drop in the they're next gonna, week. They're gonna they're gonna dro- <laughs> <laughs> season two, December thirties. 30th it's a, it's, a, it's a new year surprise y'all so yeah um just i i like the way you expl- you you said it earlier it 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 met and exceeded expectations in most instances yeah and there were some nitpicky things some not so nitpicky things some important things that deserves criticism but yeah, I think you have to understand. Okay, there are some things that uh, that were probably like you said, like budget budget wise. Um, like there was a the before before, like when Azrael and Lyra were having their conversation, she explains to Azrael that you know he goes that they tried to cut you, to, and she goes yeah, but she stopped she stopped him, and Azrael eyes widen like whoa. Miss Why? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like she, 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 she saved you. Like it was that close. And he's like, yeah. She didn't let him go through. It was. She didn't want me damaged, but it was okay to damage others. Like Lyra can't get over that, and she shouldn't. That's not something you get over. Um, but 
there was a part where she goes, I couldn't imagine them cutting Pan from me. And, and, and she looks at Pan, and the camera looks at Pan. She could have put her hand out, and he could have nuzzled her knuckle. She didn't, yeah. even touch, she didn't even touch him. And it's like, oh, y'all got to... Like, again, I'm trying not to be, you know, because they might have had very good reason why they couldn't go certain places. But it didn't make it any less uh, annoying when those places didn't get, you know, they didn't go those places. So let's hope, like we talked about earlier, season two, season three, and if there's a season four. Because apparently, cast the writers have, uh, this happened a few months ago. They wrote, like, we're coming to the realization book three cannot be one season. Oh, that'll be nice. And I threw my arms up like, hallelujah. There's no way. Look, when you have the physical books, if you have the golden compass and you have the subtle knife stacked on top of each other and you put the amber spyglass next to it, the amber spyglass is still bigger than both of those books uh, combined. So it's like there's no way they can fit all that in eight episodes. They've got to do 12 at least. Goodness. But... BBC doesn't like to do long, you know, you're, you're lucky if you get, you know, somewhere between six and, and, and eight, but sometimes ten episodes for certain things. But um, season three is either going to have to be longer or there's going to be a season four. Either way, yeah. I'm 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 good. Me too. I I really I'm happy with how it turned out. I'm excited to see the subtle knife season play out. Ultimately, if the a subtle knife season got eight episodes and this season got ten, and season uh, three got fourteen, I think that would be that would be that would have been great. Like if I could have set this up and they're like, yeah, ten, eight, fourteen. Or at least the might win. be pushing it. I know, but then we go, <laughs> then we go ten, eight, six, six. You know, season three's only six episodes, and season four is only six episodes. Or just do eight and eight. Just do eight. You know, just whatever. We'll, we have this isn't this is a conversation we'll be having a year, and <laughs> so from now uh, after season two, we'll be we'll be really really thinking about season three. So. I'll write a letter to the BBC in yes. the meantime. A, a, a sternly worded, handwritten letter. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, uh, we didn't um, have any emails uh, for this week. And, and because of our schedule recording a day earlier, the few we might get tomorrow, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> won't, won't, won't be able to get read. But I thank everybody for listening for this entire uh run um rich and i will be will be back um probably within within a month to talk about something his dark materials um we've got some things in mind and i don't want to say them because i don't want to feel committed to it or if i don't do it (laughs) feel like i i didn't do something that i committed to uh but we have some ideas some ideas can uh, uh, call for maybe a show name change, but because we want to do the Abhorsen series, and I don't want to do a whole new podcast, uh, so I don't know how we could incorporate that into this podcast. Maybe we'll just do some of the novellas. I just said I'm not going to. 
I don't want to set don't myself. Don't commit. <sighs> and then I go and commit. So we'll be by uh, later uh, for some content. Stay tuned. Uh, stay subscribed to the South Congress uh, Podcast Network, and you will see us uh, uh, pop up on that feed. Um, but in the meantime, if you if you did have questions or comments, you 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 can always please tweet us anytime at Ddust Podcast. Uh, you can email us at Ddust or I'm sorry Ddust Podcast at gmail.com. You can always leave us a voicemail. You got three unadulterated minutes to uh, leave us questions, comments, uh, rant and raves, whatever you got. 415-787-5229. That is the voicemail line. Um, and I appreciate and thank Rich for hanging in there as long as he could. Uh, he's been uh, he's been quiet. He's got things to do and 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 yeah. So, but I, I thank him for his 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 participation all season. And and thank you, Cass, for uh, for for coming in for this finale episode, and uh, and then bringing your 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 knowledge and expertise and fandom to the to the show. For sure, thanks for having me. Yeah, and I'm sure we will talk to you again on this show about something his dark materials. Matter of fact, I'm sh- I, I'm I'm you're going to commit, so <laughs> you're in for something sometime soon. And what what that is, we don't know, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> TBD. Yes. To be determined indeed. So, uh, until next time, whenever that is, uh, please cross back over into this world. Listen to this podcast. Tell your friends about it. And, uh, yeah, until next time. Thanks, everybody. Dust Podcast is hosted by Travis Bryant and Rich Fan II and is produced by Cameron Hawkins for the South Congress Podcast Network.